Good evening, America. Good morning, Australia. And hello to everyone across the planet listening live into a conversation with Kez. Just a reminder, if you're listening live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch and Twitter, Payo is ready, waiting to take your comments and respond with links to anything that we talk about today. A big reminder that you can find all about our guests and the links to anything that we talk about today on Tony TV, uh, sorry, TonyLontis.com and you can catch up on the replays on Tony TV, found on Binge TV, Hero Go TV across the world and the Tony TV channel app on LG, Samsung and Roku again across all smart TVs across the planet. And we are joined, as we are each week, by the glorious Kez Wickham St. George. And she is busily preparing for the launch of her next book, the third in her series. And we're going to be talking about that in upcoming shows. But Kez is an amazing, best-selling international author in her own right. And in her spare time, she helps others create words on paper that make the wonderful books we read. Don't forget to get in contact with Kez if you're after a book coach or someone to help get that story down onto paper. Now, today's guest has a lovely quote, and I'll start the show with that and tell you all about the lovely Di Riddell. Uh, The quote is, nature gives you the face you have at 20. It is up to you to merit the face you have at 50. A great quote. So Di is passionate about confidence and women having their voice heard. Women have so much to offer. They have lived, lost, laughed, cried and moved mountains, yet often their voices are just not heard. Her gift is her ability to simply and graciously help women and guide them as they find their voice and enhance their confidence, speaking and spirit in their world. Di is a heart-driven woman dedicated to helping you use your confident, definitive voice to be the person you most want to be. She shares freely of her personal journey and is an advocate for adoption, having recently found and met her two babies who she gave up for adoption in the 60s. She's an award-winning speaker and a communicator with over four decades of experience. She's also a self-published author, MC, NLP practice, uh, sorry, master practitioner, a certified life coach, confidence mentor, a member of Toastmasters and recipient of the Mm. coveted international presidential citation. Di is also the host of Your Voice Matters web TV and her Facebook group, Rising Speakers Community. Um, I'm going to hand over to the lovely Kez. Welcome to the show, Kez. Wonderful to have you back here this week and lovely to have you with us too, Di. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. And thank you, Tony. And hello, Di. I've been so looking forward to having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honour to be here, Kez and Tony. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want to know what that actually means. I beg your pardon? The quote. The quote quote. that Tony just told us. What does it mean? Shall I read it again, ladies? No, no, it's right. I I got it when I was, (laughs) when I started on about confidence beyond 50, I was looking for someone that I could use as an icon. 
And I looked at all sorts of people and I looked at what they said and I didn't like it. And as I was looking at things, all these quotes come up about um, Coco Chanel. And I thought, well, I hadn't even thought about her. I didn't know much about her. So I now know a whole lot about her. And that's one of her quotes. That's where I got it from because she's an amazing woman. And I, I do give a presentation. Uh, I did write a workshop on it, but I never used it because I didn't know how I'd work, go with copyright using her name. But I'm using it in a speech. So the three things that she gave the world was she released women from their courses, which is like letting go of your living beliefs. She's the uh, founder of Chanel Number no. 5, which um, when Marilyn Monroe asked where should you put it, she said well, wherever you want to be kissed. So that's about love, light and laughter in your life and the little black dress. Now, it doesn't mean to say, little black dress doesn't mean to say that you're um, size 8. A little black dress Correct. is whatever it is that makes you look, feel and speak beautifully. So that's where it came from. And, I, and, I, and I, as I think about that quote, sure, in our youth, we've got that youth, but by the time we get to 50, we've been through life challenges and it's reflected in our face how we respond and who we become through our life's experiences. Mm. Thank you. It's, it makes you stop and That's think fabulous. that quote, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So because I, I think I sort of fell into myself when I was in my 50s and suddenly discovered who I was. And yeah, it was like light bulb moment. Yeah. What about you, Tony? Uh, definitely, definitely. 40s was <coughs> the time that I started to grow and learn and develop, but it wasn't till my 50s that I developed that confidence and wisdom mm. and belief in yourself. So definitely 50s is the best. And I'm assuming Di can tell us that 60s, 70s and beyond is, <laughs> is, is all better. <laughs> so Di... The wow. next question I have for you is, since, you know, you've been a, a public voice for a quite a long time. Did that make it easier for you to become a writer? Did it open any gates for you? Yes, it did because I didn't set out to be an author. I, was, I would be what you would call an accidental author. I've been in Toastmasters for 44 years, so I'm well used to speaking and training and going up their leadership ladder and all those other bits and pieces. But there's a big difference between writing a five- to seven-minute speech and writing a book. Mm -hmm. But as life unfolded, I was encouraged, and then suddenly someone said to me, I think you've got a book in you. And that started the process, and that was Robin Henderson from the Gold Coast who is an yeah. amazing woman who encourages so many, so many people, so many yeah. speakers and writers. I find a lot of women in their 50s are now writing, putting their stories down. I think it's amazing that we're all coming out of the of the, the sort of the cave sort of thing. We have a story and we want to tell it and it's just amazing. Some of them aren't, some of them aren't good. Some of them aren't nice, but you can, you can like two or three of our interviews that Tony and I had, it sort of makes you hear stand yeah. on anything. Did you really go through that? But it's um, the way they've told it with, uh, it's all ended up with a growth and a gentleness and a kindness. And these women amaze me. They just, that's why I love having these shows is because 
the, the amount of authors I've met are just amazing and, and the stories they tell, including yourself, Di. I mean, I know what you must have gone through giving up two children. So um, that must have been so hard. So your two current books, uh, the Beyond Abuse series. Is it a series or is it just two books? It's just two books. The original okay. was 2006. In 2002, my husband passed away and that was the pivotal point that tipped me. Mm. I fell into a huge heap in the first 12 months. And part of that journey of coming out and being in several organisations and writing and journaling is how the book actually evolved. But when I got to the point where I was actually writing the book, I couldn't remember. That stuff had been buried so deeply that it really took Mm. uncovered. And I say in the book, this is the best that I can remember. Maybe I don't have it totally right, but it's certainly what has influenced me. Yeah. So that mm. first book was a real big step in speaking out because I had never told anyone apart from my husband prior to my marrying. It was, and probably one of the hardest things I had to do was tell the kids before it came out. Mm. But I was very lucky. Uh, every, the family were very supportive of me. And I may, I'd also add that my mum had passed away the year before, before Liz. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have written it while she was alive because it would have mm. hurt her. But now that she's, after she was gone, it was like open slather and I can express yeah. myself now. I can, And that's why I'm so passionate about women being able to yes. express themselves and be fully self-expressed because so many of us have been stood, you know, pressed down. Mm. So yep. many Definitely. Did that answer the question? Yes, it yeah, did. the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tony's turn. Like, <laughs> we, as we were talking about earlier in the in the show and before the show, you're really quite an accidental but prolific writer, and you've co-authored uh, six other books, including The Colors of Me, which we're going to ask you about later. But you've also got a book called Strength. Can you tell us about that book, Di? That's an ebook. When I published book yes. three, which is Speak Out, which is the one you can see in the back of the image, uh, my yes. publisher said to me that there's quite a trend now for people just wanting to know a thing. They want information about a particular subject. <clears throat> and she said to me, why don't mm-hmm. you look breaking Speak Up out of, of, about and creating a number of um, ebooks out of them? So I selected yeah. the um, strength-based understanding of self, and I renamed it as Knowing You. I expanded it because it was about 3,500 words in the original chapter, and I expanded it to about seven and a half Mm -hmm. and put it out there. And I was intending to do the others, but life's got in the way, and I haven't got there yet, but I I can still go back. I can go back to it any time. But the exercise was (laughs) there in doing it, and it's up on Amazon. Mm, it's yeah, about, yeah. you know, if you don't know yourself, if you haven't come to that point where you're prepared to really face who who and what you are, what you've overcome, get out of the corner of the victim corner, all gone, no, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want any of that, then you can start to move forward. Then you can do things. Then you can learn to be fully self-expressed because you've embraced who you are. Yes. You've given yourself yes. for whatever happened because many of it we all have challenges and we all our challenges will come in a different yeah. way 
mind yeah, changes, but it can be anything. And mm. that's that strength. If we don't know that inner strength, then we can't step forward and help ourselves, help, help others and be there for our family and our future generations. Mm. It's very important. It's very Absolutely. important to let the future generations know. Uh, it's, I mean, our future generations are going to, their brains are so different. They're differently wired. This plasticity oh, of our brains are. is, yeah. You know, yeah, watching yeah. my grandchildren uh, play with the computer is like, I'm amazed. So they're going to be <laughs> totally different uh, to what we were brought up to be, what, oh, to, absolutely. what we do and how we speak and how we write. But yes. leaving behind that legacy, and it's so important. I mean, and Tony, you've left behind a book. Yeah. Can yeah. I just read a quick little yeah. comment out of the, uh, I was just looking for it, Part, um, the final chapter of Speak Out, I say, let's create a voice image movement that inspires global change towards the power of our collective voices, acknowledging our voice matters. And let's look to the next generation, to our daughters and granddaughters. Let's teach them that their voice is a tool to be valued. What they have to say is important and it needs to be heard. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Yes, only this morning I had a conversation with a young lady who is um, very, very well known in the business world, but totally different to a world to what I've ever seen before. Very much... um, very much into the digital world and yeah she's just to me it's like you're all digital you're not, you're not a real person but she's very digital <laughs> and uh yeah telling getting her we both agreed to oh we'll mentor her to write a book but um yeah I'm, I just can't wait to see the, her thinking process because I'm I'm used to a thinking process not a digital pro I guess it's different you know I, I can't wait to see what her words yeah. Uh, to see what she's writing about because it will be so different from anything else. And that's so true. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. The communication styles have changed considerably. Yes. Yeah, so um, you also have an audio book out. And yeah, the audio book is um, as a re- in book two, the, the second book, Beyond Abuse. Okay. Um, what uh-huh. was released in 2018, the the. Uh, the new editor that I had, I didn't realise that she was um, in New York. I thought she lived in southeast Queensland. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. So it's been a bit of a long story and not always a happy story. But anyway, she kept saying that uh, there was going to be an audio book come out of this. And I never thought anymore, no, nothing happened. So I just thought, well, it's not going to happen. Suddenly, while we were on this big seven-month trip around half of Australia just recently, um, I had an email from her to say I found someone to to um, to narrate the book, and she's you know I've been looking for an Australian, and I was really surprised. Anyway, they were due to start in May, and the lady Kate's um, flat in London got broken into, and they took all the all her electronic gear, mm. including all her hard drive with her oh, work on terrible. it. So it, it got a bit of a put back, and then I was expecting that I'd just get a quick email to say we well, you know we're back on track. And then all of a sudden I got the link to say, here it is. Oh, it was done. Wow. <laughs> wow. It happened while, while I, it, it all unfolded while I was away. So it's just been extraordinary the things that have happened in the last year even. Yeah. Isn't that clever? Yeah. Like, you've been yeah. travelling with, with your man and yeah. all over, all over, wherever you can go, wherever the borders weren't, were down, you and all of a sudden digitally, <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden digitally you've got a book. 
I think that's amazing. Amazing. It's just incredible how it unfolded. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to make an ebook, uh, an audio book rather, out of Speak Out. But I'd like to narrate it myself. But I'm just not sure whether I've got the voice for it. I need to have oh, a couple of practices like that. Um, I think you have got the, the voice. It's a yeah. matter of it, and because it's it's full of stories, um, strategies, and action steps, and all of them are things that I have lived through. I don't uh-huh. want somebody else to do that. Mm. If that makes sense to you. It does. Yeah, yeah, does. that does. Absolutely. So that's an exercise Absolutely. for later. I'm, I'm a bit busy with other stuff right now. <laughs> Di, uh, there's a beautiful story that unfolded when you launched Beyond Abuse. Can you tell the audience about that and also what happened this year right, in yes, terms of your adopted? Yes. When I wrote book one, the original Beyond Abuse, I said that I would not search, that I would be open if the son and the daughter came to me, but I wouldn't Yeah, I wouldn't um, actively search. The day the yeah. link went live for the second book, it was just like something exploded in my head and thought, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. yes. So off I went into um, children's services. So I'd been told of two places to go into children's services, uh-huh. which is the government department that gives you the facts and the figures and the whatever, and then another mm-hmm. organisation called Post Adoption Support Queensland, and they provide emotional and support. Yes, so it's because it's a big deal, Di. At a certain age, mm-hmm. because I'm in my 70s, they hurry up the process. I suppose they think you might fall off the perch. Oh. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's my advantage. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. <laughs> In about four weeks, it only took about four weeks, and they contacted me and said, "We yes. found your daughter." Wow! And it took another month, so it was two months to the day, almost to the day yeah. that we actually met. Yeah. And she lives in another suburb in Brisbane, yeah. where I resided. Yeah. And what, had Absolutely. had she been looking for you? She had she been looking for you, Di? She was about twenty-two. She um, made some tentative attempts. Uh, through Jigsaw, through another organisation, and mm-hmm. she was just curious. She only wanted to be contacted at work because she didn't want to hurt her adoptive parents, and yeah. nothing happened. No one ever contacted me, so I didn't oh. know anything about it. Oh. So I think that's why her name came up first in the search because right. she, she made an attempt. So I I see her on a fairly regular basis, and we have a growing oh, so yeah. it's just, you know, we meet three or four times a year and um, have a yeah. coffee. It's it's not as deep yeah. a relationship as I would like, but I don't really understand what goes on in her head and I'm letting her set the pace yeah. and I'm just holding the space while she decides yeah. how far she wishes to go. We've um, got a relationship. We meet on a, on a fairly regular basis and I'm very happy with that. Yes. So so yeah. I spent the next couple of years letting that settle in and I wasn't ready to do any more and then speak out, came uh-huh. out and then yes. I just sort of moved on with life. And then at the beginning of the year, just yeah. before we went away, I again, I just got up one morning and I don't know that anything sparked and I thought, I'm ready. I'm ready to search for my son. Yeah. So I yes. started training. I didn't need to go back to the government department. I didn't know that post-adoption support also did a search. Um, so I went straight to them because I had such fabulous support from them. And they yes. said, 
we said it in train. So I wrote my letter to him and sent my photo to post adoption support. So looking forward so that if something happened while we were away, she had all the yes. information that she could just nice. go That's away. gorgeous, yeah. So that's what we did and um, yeah. nothing happened for a little while and the process for them is they send out a letter snail mail and if they don't get any response, mm-hmm. they send out a registered um, mail and if they don't yes. get any response from that, they make a phone call because they have okay. access to information that I don't have. And, of course, even when they t- rang a yeah, yeah. they and yeah. They don't give me any information until fair enough. They say mm. yes, and, and, I'm, mm. and I think that's fabulous. That's the value in mm. yes, party, yes, um, third party interaction. Mm. So, yeah, um, he, no, nothing happened with the snail mail, and then the uh, registered letter. I knew when it arrived. It took five days for them to pick it up. And then we waited for about two weeks before they got a response. And then she rang me one day and said, I've spoken to your son. I have spoken to him and he's open to contact. So we we had the initial conversation in Peter Petey and then we were going up through the the centre. We had a couple of conversations. Mm. And Mm. by this time um, I'd said to my partner, Our intention was to go to Darwin, come back to the three ways, come across to Camberwheel, Mount Isa, and then home to Western Queensland. Yeah. And I said to Pete, "Um, how would you feel if we went via Cairns if my son's open to meeting me? Not far out of the way. Is it 1,100 Ks? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's 1,100 Ks across Australia? I told you that. I suggested that the day you had your first phone call, but you were so excited you didn't hear me. I said, oh, okay. Oh. So I rang him and he said, that would be yes. fabulous. I am more than ready to meet you. My oh, wife, I'm lovely. My wife and yeah. his two children had all read the letter. He discussed it with his family and with his mm. father. Oh. It'd be fabulous. Oh. Yes. So could we continue on up through the Northern Territory? Yes. We were in Litchfield Gardens. And then into Cairns. So he knew that we were around about Litchfield, mm-hmm. but he didn't know where we were. Yeah. And we didn't have an yeah. agenda. We were just travelling and stopping. He was in yeah. Cairns having no intentions of doing anything else. The night we get to yeah. Darwin, Sunday night, I get a text about 8 yeah. o'clock at night saying, are you in Darwin yet? I thought, that's anything to say. And I said, yes, why yeah. are you He said, because I'm in Darwin too. Do you want to have a coffee in the morning? Oh, 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 oh that's awesome. With no plan. Here he was, he's with a group, he's in a group of guys who do online betting and, and a group of them, yeah. minus him, were going to the Darwin Cup, which was on the next day. And on the Friday, one of them had a yeah. heart attack and couldn't travel. So they offered the ticket to him. So he wow. took Oh, it. wow. All so, meant to be. Did, talk about divine intervention. We couldn't have organised it enough yeah. fit. Mm. So it was no. so special to just have that unfold right before my eyes. It had to be. Mm. It had to be. And then we did go yes. across How special? Oh, How special was that moment? I get shivery just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his um, wife's delightful. In terms of. His kids are delightful. 
Oh, so they're you know they're they're linked to you in a way that that, yeah. that um is really special and yes. yeah 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 um they embraced us and they embraced Pete. Yeah, so um in thinking about the circumstances back in the sixties and seventies, because I actually have two adopted sisters uh in in separate and different circumstances um and i've only just found the one sister and i know from her uh perspective and what she's told me about what it was like to be adopted and that she grew up knowing that she was adopted and she had a lovely life and it was only a a, a chance fleeting thought that she thought oh what about my um real mum but she said when she found out the circumstances of why she was adopted it changed her perspective a lot so um in having those conversations with your kids and them understanding why you had to adopt them out did that help in not only your healing but their understanding Di? it certainly helped in my healing well, they didn't know there was anything to understand. But after I told yeah. them and they understood what it was, they mm. were very supportive, uh, surprised yes. that's how life was. As uh, yes. the babies that I adopted out, both of them, and my son and my daughter, have said they can't believe the circumstances that, that mm. surrounded the whole adoption um, yeah. era. It was horrible. It was it horrible. Was it was horrible. horrible. But by the same token, we can't sit in the corner. We can't put today's values on yesterday's actions. Yes, it was that's horrible right. what happened back then, but that's mm. how society was. Today we we yeah. know different. So I'm mm. I'm a bit ambivalent about this sorry business. How can we be sorry yeah, yeah. for something that was society? That's right. And there mm. were no there were no but choices in, in the sixties. Yeah, in the yeah. 60s and 70s, there were no options for women. There no, were no not. options that had any good outcomes and none of the adoption stories that I've talked to women about about when they were forced in most instances to give up their babies, yeah. I cannot imagine the trauma mm. that that caused a mum to mm. give up that baby that you've carried yeah. for those nine months and have it ripped from mm. your soul effectively. No, I, no see, no I, I cannot comprehend. No here. Exactly. Away, not, exactly. Not even allowed to name the baby. Yes, correct. There is the name correct. on the birth certificate that has come from me. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. I don't know but whether the just, staff or the welfare were, I don't know who did it, but it wasn't me. Yeah, um, you know, while you've yeah. been talking, Di, and, dis- and uh, discussing meeting your son, I have a son, and I very rarely ever see him. He lives way, way over east. So when the borders went up, and it's been, what, two years since I've actually, I've just seen, like, Zoom calls, but don't you drink in their faces. I just drink in his face, and I see all the aspects of who he once was as this chubby little fickle-faced boy that I adored um, to this man but he's still got the freckles. <laughs> and I just look mm. at his face and I think, you're, you're such a story. I mean, you know, I just drink in their faces. When I, whenever I see anyone I haven't seen for a while, their faces just tell the story. And I just think, how wonderful. He must yeah. have been an absolute mm. heaven looking at his face. Oh, it was that, that day that we met at the cafe. 
Uh, it was a, there was an inside part and there was a long veranda. And being Darwin, it was pretty hot. And I thought, oh, we'll probably be on the veranda <laughs> side. Yeah. And I couldn't see anyone that looked like the photo that I had. And I turned around. And as I turned around, he came out of the door halfway along. And he just said, die. And I nodded and he opened his arms and I just walked into them. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a heartbreaker. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, And then when we got to Cairns, his adoptive mum wanted to meet me, wished to meet me. Oh, that's divine. She gave me, she'd already set aside right from the, the first communication when she found out, set aside some photos to give me of, of him growing up. Oh, um, And then wow. my son's wife said, well, my mum wants to meet you too. So, oh, nice. Oh. So, you know, we were just embraced and when we we ended up That's lovely. We were in a resort for a few great days and then we had a couple of nights with them. And the day we left, both my son and his wife said to me, this is the beginning. Oh. And I believe you're a grandma as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm a grandma of two more of a 19-year-old and a 21-year-old. Amazing. Oh, wow. And the wow. granddaughter, she's, she's excited to have a third grandma. Oh, that's amazing. That's so just that's a the, lovely the story. has just been incredible. Mm. But words yes, because not. You know, I'm, I'm, my voice is going froggy just thinking about it. Yeah, 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 and 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 it's a lovely story to hear because sometimes the outcomes are not. Uh, yes. I, I've heard yeah. the bad stories where yeah. yes, and that's you know, true. Think, yeah, it, it's not all mm-hmm. honey and, and roses. And I yeah. did a lot of work with the lady from Post Adoption Support around rejection yes. in case it didn't happen yes. because I didn't want to yes. fall over if when after I'd yes. done all this work and then it didn't happen. And, you know, being prepared. And years ago, I wouldn't have been the person to do that. But today, I'm the person yep. that's ready mm. to yeah. reach out and be the person. You know, as they yeah. say, are you the person that, like a business thing, are you who your clients expect you to be? Yeah. I'm who mm. I expect yeah. you to be. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased with myself. I'm proud of myself for who I'm. Yeah, you should be too. So you should be. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Diane, you've you also got... sorry, Tony. No, you go. It's your turn. Your turn, my lovely. <laughs> my turn. Your turn. <laughs> so, Di, um, you were also a co-author in a book that um, I helped create, which was the Colors of Me. Now, the story in there was about the adoptions and and you know having to give your babies away which women of our age do understand what it was like in those times. It wasn't pleasant. I had cousins that had to do the same thing. Luckily, I didn't. But, um, yeah, so the question I wanted to ask you was, in the book you had a quote from Grace Tame or Grace Tami. How do you say it? Grace Tame? I think it's Tame. Grace Tame. Okay. Grace Tame. Okay, so... Those words resounded with me. So when you heard the words, survivors be proud, our voices are changing the world, how do those words make you feel? Absolutely incredibly wonderful that someone so young, that speech was so powerful, so well put together and so well delivered from a lady who is so young. What an amazing difference she is going to make as she matures even more 
and steps out into the world, raising the level for women. Mm. I think that she's going to be a, more than an advocate. Just I, th- I think it's a wonder. Yeah, the words were just spectacular, and I think mm. they are women yes. who've been through stuff are going are changing the world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's no mistaking the uh, the um, the strength of those words. When I read them, I thought that's a very very strong statement, yeah. and you know, it, I think it should be said even more because there are survivors of all sorts. Uh, today oh, we're absolutely. talking about giving our babies away and adoption in the early days, but um, all survivors of, of any sort of trauma should be proud once they speak up, because then the door is opened for conversation. Yeah. yeah. And looking back, um, I could not have given a baby a life back then under Mm. those circumstances, but the adoption could have been handled much better. Mm. It was degradation and the put down and the shame that was heaped on us that made all that difference. And thank goodness that I was going to lead somewhere else. I forgot what I was going to say. But that doesn't... um, that doesn't happen today, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that in in some cults it does still happen, um, but generally no. The um, the thing they do is they they get the young mum in and they and they uh, mentor and coach her and, and what she wants and how she believes yes. you know what she should do with the yeah. baby. So mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. I just can't you know. There was one incident in my life when um, I had just given birth to my third child and she was not well and I was holding her in my arms and they whisked her away and they didn't tell me where she was going and the panic I felt, the absolute anxiety and panic. Uh, They had to literally um, offer me sedation because I had no idea where she went. Uh, She'd gone into an emergency ward to be looked after, of course, but I can't imagine your fear of not knowing where your babies were going to go. I can't imagine it. But the good that's, I know what I was going to say. So the good that comes out of that is that the gift from me was to be able to provide a child for a a childless couple so that he had an opportunity to have a wonderful upbringing and both of them have had wonderful adoptive parents, which makes the story even better. So, you know, the the gift came out of that deep trauma. Mm. Yeah, and and is that did you and to go through this trauma, you wrote about it, or did you have a healing in other ways? Back when it happened, you mean? Back in the sixties. After it happened, and you realised you, um, your baby had gone. Nothing. Uh, did Did you have sort of some sort of counselling? No, there, there was nothing available then. The no. welfare workers told me to go nursing and get out of society's way because no decent mm. man would ever want me. And oh that was pretty, that's a pretty oh. stock standard answer. As I've spoken over the years, was, I've had so many women say, me and say, leave yep. my sister, my friend, whatever their story is, and they too were told to go nursing and get out of society's way. Oh, that's, yeah. that's harsh, isn't it? Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. And because um, I never told anyone about the rape, because they told me that that was just the beginning, that they would come back and finish me off if I spoke up. And mm. you might think, how could you do that as a mature, but as a scared 15-year-old, I believed mm. So I never told How old that. were you, 15? Mm. 15. Yeah, that, that's terrible. And, it's, and I mean, you, that means you would, have, were naive. you would have given birth at 16. Yeah. Yeah, oh. 
That's awful. Just that really is. Yeah, I read your, I actually read the book, Di. So, you know, you? I was going through it and I've had to reread it too. To, I remember those days. I remember my mother talking about my wasn't, I was too young. Um, you know, I was, um, yeah, it was like, does this actually happen? Yeah, and then when, when mum verified it to me, um, and yeah, she worked with a lot of different social people, and yeah, it was like I couldn't, I couldn't grasp it. I just couldn't grasp why was someone with passion and empathy was not in there. Like no, yeah, but yeah. what worried me more is I was, I was terrible, and I was a disgrace to myself, my family, the country, and the universe, mm. and everything else. Wow, and your folks, yeah, your folks handle it. I beg pardon. How did your folks handle it? Oh, I was just, my mother was supportive, but she was too busy trying to cope with an alcoholic, violent alcoholic um, partner. Um, right. Mum did everything mm. that she could to help me. My father just said, well, you know, that's about what I expected. Oh. Because um, he that's had told me that I was stupid, useless and worthless when I could stand up and that I wasn't worth educating and I was a waste of space. So, you know, I wouldn't have expected anything else from yeah. him. Yeah. I remember my oh dad my saying, goodness. but it wasn't through um, being pregnant, but my father said to me, you're a girl, you're not worth educating, go to work. And I, yeah, so I was I was nearly 16 uh, when he sent me off to work and then, and then yeah. Things happen, but yeah, I just what you went through, it's just hard. Mm. And but look at you now, because because of what you went through, look at the growth. Yes. And and yes. sometimes okay. I sometimes yeah. stop and think it's meant to be. This is all meant to be. Yeah. Look at who you are now and what you're doing for the young mums that are thinking about adoption, it still goes on. I mean, mm. I don't well, I don't know, does it? I mean, people surrogate other people's babies these days, so it's very yeah. well known that. You know, Tom and Tom and Jenny might not have the son that came through Jenny. It came through his sister, or you know, it's um, yeah. it's amazing what goes on. And knowing that that everything's open now, and and yes. you can make those approaches. And I know there's a lot of stories yes. that don't turn out well. And mm. my my things is my thing is that I guess that they're people who've not done any personal work on themselves, and they're hiding, mm. still playing in yes. victim mode, yes. or they haven't told their yes. partner. Um, Correct. What, what happened way back? Uh, all those things—it's all buried under the secrecy, shame, and guilt thing. Yes. So shame and guilt. Shame. And... It was, I was—I was determined. I wasn't staying there. I wasn't staying there. Yeah. Mm. How often have we heard that, Tony? I was just <clears> going <throat> to say, shame and guilt and secrets are yeah. life destroyers. Oh, they are complete life. Family secrets, absolutely family secrets destroy lives. If you bring that stuff out into the open and you have conversations, the healing starts to take place. But whilst you deny it, whilst you keep it secret and whilst you don't talk about it, nothing ever heals. It just never heals. And to think that you, Di, have been able to process all of that and have this beautiful outcome later in life is is a lovely story to tell. One thing I think about when we ha- when we talk about these adopt- uh, adoption stories is as a grandparent, so I'm a nana, and if 
my daughter or son had talked about or were to talk about <clears throat> adopting out a, a baby because they felt that they couldn't raise that child. As a grandparent, I don't think I could allow that to happen. So no. my question is around, I just, I don't understand the grandparents of the girls that gave birth to children that were given up for, for adoption. I do not get that because there's no way my flesh and blood would be taken uh, from my life, even if it wasn't my own baby, if it was my children's babies. I don't think I could let that happen. So that's, that, that's I don't understand that either, Di. I don't understand yeah, that perspective. I that and I know. Funny. I think that goes back to the societal thing of the 60s. Women yeah. didn't have. Yes. They didn't have anywhere to turn. They couldn't stand up. Most of them were um, put yeah. down by their husbands and certainly my mother was. She didn't have yes. a voice. And actually I dedicated to speak out to her because she didn't have a voice. She never had a voice. Have mm. a voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was just, she was a gentle person and she had no idea how to handle yeah. alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's a tough thing to deal oh, with absolutely. anyway. Absolutely, and, and it was hidden back then. So many things were hidden back yeah. then. Like that has to be the blessing of the current era that we're all living in is our ability to speak out and tell yes. our truth. And I, I I just have to say that that confidence that you get when you finally talk about a story mm-hmm. and the first time you talk about those stories in public is incredibly hard. And I'll go back to Grace Tame again because she talks about a vulnerability hangover and Brene Brown talks about a vulnerability yes, hangover. Yes. And it takes a while for that to stop impacting you. So yeah. even even the first time you tell your story, that's hard. It takes courage. It takes bravery. It yeah. takes strength. But then, and it, yes, it takes a huge amount of guts. But then there's that 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 shame and guilt and vulnerability that attacks, so mm-hmm. to speak, in the forthcoming days, weeks and months. But eventually that subsides. And I think that's where that confidence comes in, Di, doesn't it? Yeah, yes, it does. And when I first started, I first broke the story at Toastmasters. So, and it was 28 wow. years I'd been in the organisation at that stage. So some people had known me for a long time and some people were new members. And I had no idea yeah. how to go over. Um, and I got upset. And I thought after that, yeah. I thought, well, I can't do this this way. How can I do it? And I didn't want to give it to another person. Yeah. So I thought, what else is given <laughs> away that I don't use my middle name? So in the speech, mm. the original speech, which is in the back of the first book, mm. I start yeah. the story about my friend Marie, which is my middle name. And yes. that removed yes. me enough that I could control my emotions. able to talk. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to the good bits where I met my husband, <clears throat> I said, well, how do I know so much about Marie? Well, I am Diana Marie. That is me, my story. Yeah. And then I continue on as myself. But that gave me that yeah. bit of distance that I could control my emotions <clears throat> and how to speak and share. And I guess that certainly shows vulnerability. Mm. Yes. It's Absolutely. a clever way of doing it, Di. 
yeah, it worked very well for me. Yes, it would do. Yeah. And Tony, your turn. Did um in in talking about that confidence because and I, and I talk about confidence because that's a large part of what you do now, Di, isn't it? You encourage women to have confidence. What is it that you've learnt about confidence that uh, is most helpful for women, particularly, to understand that confidence is um, it's the byproduct. When you do the work, when you step out and you do something, you gain confidence. Like when you go to work, like I went nursing, so I gained that first level of confidence through my nursing skills, but I had no confidence in social skills. Yeah. Because of my upbringing. It's that confidence and learning that, that it's something that you can learn, it's something that you can grow from, Yes. And I have, I have a, yes. an image that I use and a, a little tiny talk about my confidence tree. When you're learning confidence, mm. you climb up the tree mm. and then you get to the top and you are the peak of your confidence and life's really good and then something happens and you fall. Yes. Well, the branches are there so you don't fall to the day. <laughs> fall out the tree. You get caught by the branches. <clears throat> so you've already been there before so you've got the background and the skills to be able mm. to build and get to back get up back up again. again, and the shaking of yeah. the leaves. Some of the leaves fall off when you fall. Will they nurture the base and support you? So that's just a little mm. analogy that I use mm. with confidence, and I think it's so important. But women forget that, and they think that, that when something happens and they get rattled, they go, "Well, you know, I'm no good." All those negatives come flying back into their mm. ears, and they, they, they do, they don't they? Push. Mm. when in mm. effect they haven't so um un, unpacking isn't I, I don't like that word but that's all i can think of but, but unpacking that for them and letting them see that they've got those skills behind them that all they need is just a little bit more of a, a, a step up the ladder and mm. once they get that little bit of support behind them and understand where they've got it from before how they lost it and why they lost it and why they lost it, it might that might have been something that happened when they were children. Yes. And it was yeah. relevant back then, but is it relevant today? And when they get that realisation, it's like, oh, oh, right. Mm. And that mm. gives them more confidence and that builds their confidence so that they can get out and speak their message because it's not about creating another die. It's about them creating the confidence in themselves. That's right. To deliver right. their message mm. in their words to their audience. Yes. I agree. Because I agree with the tree analogy. Yeah. Yeah. That there is um for anyone who wants to uh, talk about their story, that humanity will always need stories. It's oh, what yeah. connects us. Stories are powerful. It what's it's what's yes, and it what's it's what makes us humans our yeah. stories. And yes, for authors uh, writing their stories is how they connect. Um, and I, uh, I wanted to know, um, are you going to continue, do you think, to write about confidence and women? Um, and have you got another book in, in the I've works? I've got another book in, in line, but it's not related to confidence. 
Um, okay. I write about confidence and, and put up confidence memes and little things on, on Facebook. Yeah. And I've, I've stopped blogging for the moment because I've got busy doing other things. But I've had <laughs> quite a lot of blogging around confidence. Um, so it's not a subject that's dear to my heart. And when it comes up, I deal with it, but yeah. I'm not actively chasing it right now. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The book yeah. that I, yeah, the book yeah. now that I've got to this point, the, my publisher for Speak Out, who lives in Brisbane, uh, mm. she asked me while I was away, she made contact and said, would I like to consider a uh, compilation of adoption stories? She'd had oh, a nice. Oh, wow. There, she wanted to speak to me first, so she um, so she put the others on hold. So since I've come home, I've had a chat with her, and I'm at the very beginning, oh, wow. absolute very beginning. I'm, I'm just now starting to put out feelers to seek people who might be interested in sharing their stories. So if either of you ladies oh, or anybody know anyone yes. who would like to share their story, please put them in touch with me. And um, absolutely, then. so I'd, I'd, I'd love that, please. So that's my that's oh, my yeah, own that's, yeah. that story. So it'll be based on twenty adoption stories. stories. Um, yeah, but from adopt the, the children and parents or any grandparents or any yes. anything. Anyone come to me with a story and we'll and I'll see if it fits. Um, okay. Okay. An anthology. Oh, that um, sounds really good. So, an anthology gives so many authors a voice. It does and, and well done. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's so an exciting. Um, for a while. I was just going to say, so you need twenty people to be yeah. brave enough to tell their adoption story, and it doesn't matter if they are a child or a parent or what. However, it relates to that adoption story. Have you got any? So, just adoption stories from lots of different I want, perspectives. I want a broad range. I don't want it to all be okay. Um, I want to have the range so that yeah. people can see that adoption affects a lot more than just the mum and the baby. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Friendship level, how you relate to people, mm. and um, so, so many things. And while yes. both my son and yeah. daughter uh, have yes. told me that they've had a great upbringing, mm. uh, the yeah. day that we left Cairns, I had a, a text from his wife and she said, Di, it's amazing the peace and contentment that I'm seeing in my husband since she left. Oh, wow. Oh, he didn't say that. She God. just she said, he didn't say that. She said, I can see it. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it's just beautiful. It's, yeah. it's just unfolding. Because even... Because yes, because even if it's even if they've had a wonderful life with their adoptive parents, there's still that missing piece that they can yes, feel. That it, it's not there. Mm. It's that little piece of that puzzle, and it and it goes back to things like, do I smile like my mum? Do I laugh like my yes. mum? Do I? What yeah. physical yeah. attributes do we share? Mm. That human connectative connectiveness. Oh, that it is, is genetic. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your likes and your dislikes. So, Di, quickly. Yes. 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 I was just going to ask where your son's concerned. Were there some of the things that you picked up in in that time that that you thought, oh my goodness, I do that, or I smile <laughs> like that, or I laugh yes. like that? Were there things that you picked up, or not, is not it was it all too new? With my son, 
Um, my yes. eldest brother was killed in a plane crash in 1985 and he was the only one who could control an alcoholic dad. So it was more than losing a brother, it was losing the protector mm. and the go-to person yes. of the family. My mm. son has got so many of his traits oh. and I think what I was doing was thinking, oh, my goodness, Brian does that. Brian used to do that. Oh, Oh, wow. And it just speak from generosity of spirit, generosity in everything they do, both successful businessmen. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and lots of other personal things that I could see oh. that just blew me away. Wow. And I think that made the connection even that much stronger for me. Beautiful. Yes. But he doesn't yeah. wish his name to be used. So No, no. I, that's, um, and that's fine. Yeah. And your daughter? Yeah. And um, yes, that was my well, next question. I, I did use her name in some of the things three years ago when that first came out because I was so excited and she never said anything, but I've sort of stopped using her name yes. out, of, out of respect and I ploughed on because I was so excited, but she never said anything. Um, yeah. So that, that probably shows a, a lack of concern on my behalf, but I was so excited it didn't occur to me. Okay. But, but I did tell her she knew that I was doing it. I wasn't doing it behind her back. Yes. Uh, and she didn't say, yeah. I'd rather you didn't use my name. Um, so I was just being yes. to my Christian name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, though, Di. Humans are imperfect. We're not going to get it right all that's the time. Right. I'm not going to get it right. That's my what, goodness, I make heaps That's of right. Yeah. Yes, mm. yes, mm. yes, yes. I might and think so I'm I right think that that... I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really important to have a generosity around these stories as well and know yes. that they're not going to be perfect and you're not going to get it right and, and yes. things aren't always going to go the way that you'd like them to go, but it, it's your best uh, and you're giving your best and you're writing mm. your best and you're speaking your best. And I, from my perspective, I like to, to put into um, practice always People are doing the best job that they know how to do at that time. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. that time. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. The, see the three interlocking circles behind me. Um, yes. That's part of the the branding on my website. And I didn't see yes. that. That's what the web web designer came back to me with. Suggested. But as this has all been unfolding, it's like I'm in yes. circles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So it just sort of seems relevant, beautiful. and yet it just happened. It wasn't. I didn't plan it. Yeah, yeah. All meant yeah. to be. Yeah. All, oh, meant to be. all meant to be. That, that says it. Beautiful. We are. Yeah. yeah, we are completely out of time again. Kez, thank you so much for co-hosting with me this week. Di, welcome. Kez thank and you. I have adored our conversation with you yes. today. We're incredibly appreciative of your time and effort for your vulnerability and speaking your story. Um, I know that our audience will have loved it. And for anyone wanting to connect with Di, uh, if you're listening live, her email will be in the chat box. Otherwise, wherever you're watching this interview will be connections to connect with Di, particularly if you've got an adoption story, please reach out and connect with Di. Or mm. failing that, connect with Kez or I, and we can connect you with Di. Lovely ladies, that's our lot for this week. Thank you, audience, for listening once again to A Conversation with Kez here on Radio Tony. And that's your lot for this week. 
Kez will be back by herself next week whilst I have one week off. <laughs> be kind to my glorious co-host. She will do a fabulous job by herself. And that yes, is all for now. Bye, ladies. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks, Di. My pleasure. Thank you.